0: Hello everyone and welcome to part two of our interview with Amber Hargett. The interview was so good, but he decided to break it up into two different parts. So this is part two. If you've not listened to part one yet, feel free to go back and listen to our previous episode, which is part one of this interview. But if you've already done that or you just want to go ahead and skip right to the end, perfectly fine. While some people might find that a little uncool, we here at Uncle Music Conversations with Andy and Art Believe in the words of Lester Bangs that the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone when you are uncool.
1: So for me, I I have a close-knit group of lady friends, you know, Chris Blank Heather Redman and Sam King, the four of us, um, we do a lot of studio background vocal work and things like that. Um, and we're collaborating on some things together. Um, and I wrote a song like, like at the end of last year, or no, and i no, it was the end of 19. Anyway, I made a joke about it on stage and said, hey, I always pictured Heather Redman singing this song and she's gonna cut it on her next record. <laughs> And, um, I'm so excited about, like, she was like, Hey, how serious worry about that? And I was like, dead serious. (laughs) So, um, we're going to come and talk. We're going to talk about that till it makes people sick because, um, the fact that it's, it's two women locally working together and like the beauty of like, it's such a compliment to me that she liked the song well enough that she wants to cut it. That's a, that that's. Oh, yeah. Thrilling, <laughs> and you know, and she's like happy to have it and lend herself to it. And she's got such a killer voice and presentation and everything. Anyway, I just respect her so much as an artist and my and a friend. So it's personally gratifying in a big way to do something like that. But you can see, you know, Tino and Kate Carter hooking up and doing things together in the hip hop realm, or or Tino and Lisa gain out of Columbus, you know? And I mean, just Tino, just, ah, you know, it's Tino. You got to talk to him too, but you know, he's just like a I'm ball of light.
2: On the loose, Amber.
1: He's just a That's ball mine. of light. That's I love, I, I love that he's, he's open. He's just got such a um, ingratiating personality and um, he's such a talented dude, but open to collaboration. And I think, yes. The more of that we do, the less that we fear and the less protective we are of, oh, it's my song. And I mean, I understand that because it is so personal, vulnerable, I I understand it. But I think the more that we collaborate as artists and start, start doing that and, or saying like, in my mind, all the ships rise in the Harbor together. Right. So like, it, it thrills me to death to the idea that any artist out of Dayton would take off, so to speak, or do the next level thing. um, Because it it only benefits everybody here. That's, you're going to send everybody back to the hometown. Right. I mean, geez, I mean, and I, maybe not, I guess historically that hasn't necessarily been the case. If I may be so bold, I hear a lot of conversations about the breeders and guided by voices and okay, here comes a lawsuit, but like I didn't see a lot of that. I mean, I'm coming in way later. Okay. But like, I guess I'm getting a little tired of hearing the same references to like people that didn't necessarily come back and invest or did they, And maybe that fizzled out. I don't know. Like there's something really interesting and exciting happening here. I think we have like a, our own little Austin or, you know, Seattle maybe. And I think it's just being overlooked. So the thing that I will not shut up about, you'll have to cut me off about, is just I'm just super passionate about the artists that are here. I, I feel very privileged to be making music right now around all of these these other artists because whether or not they ever get like national attention, they are quality players. They're people that inspire the hell out of me that make me want to be a better musician and writer. Um, I have great respect for the way that they, interact with one another, look out for each other. There is a, you know, another element to the community. that's not just what you see as a patron of a show. You know, we are a family kind of network that look out for each other on a personal level that, that I find that to be very unique and almost church-like really. I mean, there's a, there's a a closeness of relationship and looking out for one another here that, that, that was very, that became like, it felt very familiar to me from my church background. Um, So incredibly supportive and things like that. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky.
0: (laughs) So the the thing that pops up in a lot of these episodes that we've been having and I'm usually the one that says it, so I'll say it for this episode too is the whole don't piss off anyone in the scene because it's a really big small town, in that if one person hears about it, it you keep. I didn't even. I didn't, I didn't even prompt you for the question. Like you just came out, <laughs> like don't do anything to piss yeah. anybody off because it will affect you negatively. And you may not know that the reason why you didn't get that show is because you pissed off that one person two years ago, but that's exactly the reason why you didn't get that show. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, 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 wouldn't, you know, I would be careful not to classify it as like an eggshell kind of community, but it's more like, um, you know, the thing I was referring to too specifically is like a booker that, exhibited some very sexist and inappropriate behavior. And I didn't tolerate that pulled out and pulled out of a gig completely because of it and notified another, another artist in an effort to prevent them from booking with the same person, because they, that's not something we should put up with. We, we, and we won't, and we don't have to. And like the other person had other, had gigs and things um, scheduled. And I'm like, cancel them and I will find replacements for you. Hmm. And they might not be on the same date, but there'll be places where you can go and you can feel safe and you won't feel like there's some underlying expectation with this person or any, any ongoing thing. No. And yeah, if, if you're out of line (laughs) and I, I joke about, I call Harold my brother bear and like, Oh, he's going to hate that. I've like publicized that now, but like, I have a few guys that are just, you know, they're, they're like my brothers. They, they're not gonna, and I have three brothers in real life. (laughs) And so they just get added to the number, you know, people that are not going to put up with the misbehavior. So, uh, I'm grateful for that, that there's a, there's a, I guess, uh, just people that have your back and that are gonna look out for things like that not and not tolerate it collectively Mm -hmm. you know especially when it's something like that where it's a matter of someone's safety or you know just feeling feeling unsafe or feeling uncomfortable or Mm. pressured yeah that's not gonna fly
0: (laughs) and the absolute worst thing you can do is that everybody knows this is a problem and no one does anything about it because there's an ego attached to it I, I have yeah. nothing in my head, that's a bad plan. And that's yeah. the problem that happens in a lot of organizations is people just bow to ego. And sometimes a person is not even that great. They just kind of got in that position. Yeah. And so why do we put up with it? We shouldn't, that's the answer to the question. Exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. And it, that takes a lot of courage. It's a lot harder to do that on your own. Mm-hmm. And if you are an artist who is tr- attempting to find a way to plug into the scene, and maybe, you know, you haven't had the good fortune of, of being connected to nice, kind, honest people to start with. And you're just kind of taking a shot in the dark. And as a woman, you know, it's, I I find that like, that comes up in our conversations a lot with the sing and tell and even personal conversations with other, other lady artists. We are constantly like, and I don't know that this is a gender thing. I hate to reduce it to a gender thing because I think insecurity is something we all possess, right? But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all have our insecurities. But when it comes to music and like being willing to, like negotiation is is something that a lot of my female counterparts are uncomfortable with. Dudes, not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, this could be like 1200 bucks. Okay, like- <laughs> And, and I'm like, listen, if it sounds ridiculous, start there, yes. like start there. If, if it sounds ridiculous to you, start there. And that's your negotiating starting your starting point, because probably it's not. And it, and it's like there shouldn't be. That's one of my lines mm-hmm. in the song, like nice girls ne- don't negotiate their pay. They're just grateful that they get to play. So um, I won't sing the rest art. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is the and only why you keep song is- <laughs> that I know of yours that goes blue. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's
1: fine. So, but that's the that's the expect that goes back to that expectation stuff. Oh, she's just a sweet little thing. I bet if you give her fifty bucks, she'll play for two hours. That's fine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is but then but then ask me how am I taking care of my family? Well, I guess. 50 bucks for taking, you know, six hours of rehearsing and then 40 minutes driving here and two hours entertaining your crowd and not getting any tips and then another 40 minutes home. I guess that's how I'm doing it. I'm making about $4 an hour
0: for exposure. They pay you in exposure.
1: <laughs> well, people die from exposure,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a line. <laughs> With the permission, we'll use that in the future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you do.
2: Kind of target.
1: <laughs> I can't take credit for that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there's, I hope my hope with the sing and tell and just making myself accessible to other female artists and things. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm certainly no expert. I'm learning things as I go. A lot of it has to do with my own personal development though. And my, like my own personal journey, like what is asking myself how I want to spend my time, what this means to me and what I think it's worth and projecting that, like, (laughs) no, this is, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a good show. This is what it's worth. And if if I'm out of your budget, I'm sorry to hear that too bad. I'll, that's cool. You know, and not take it as a personal, like, (sighs) or, or price myself by what I think they'll pay for Mm. that, you know, things like that. And I'm sure that men go through that too, as they, as they're like assembling bands and things like that, but they're, I I just think they start a little further in their negotiating process to start and their confidence is just out here just a bit more where they don't second guess quite as much. Again, I hate to over, I don't want to generalize too much and on down the gender line, but um, it kind of goes back to that, the expectation in our role and what what women are doing um, and what sacrifices, you know, we make uh, to, for our art. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is all artists make sacrifices for their art. It affects every relationship that you have, you know, um, that's always a consideration. If you're any kind of a decent person at all, you're gonna know that that's gonna, your pursuit of that is going to change relationships and change your goals and life decisions. You know, it's just part of it, but yeah. I don't know. I'm overall optimistic though, about the scene that we are in. And I think that women are continuing to come out again. I'll go back to my girlfriends, you know, Heather and Chris, um, for one, they've the two of them have been in the Dayton music scene for a number of years. Um, you know, Heather Redmond's uh, been in bands. Uh, gosh, I used to go see her playing bands when I was in college. So like, she's amazing, you know, and, she's always been part of a band, but now she's got her, her own solo project going on and same for Chris blank and Sam King. And I come have very parallel paths as far as where we come from and some of our life experiences. And she's, she's building a record with Patrick now that's just going to blow people's minds. I know it. And so every time I see a woman, like somebody new stepping out on Thursday night and doing it or being willing to come out to the sing and tell and, and meet, meet other women and, and be part of that and get, be unafraid to get connected. I'm just excited. Those, those stories need to be told. And there's not like, none of us want to be the token woman, you know, on the bill or the, whatever. Um, there's just, we don't, we don't have to do that. We can build a whole bill of all just women because there's enough of us, but we have to let each other know that too. You know, I think there's a sometimes sometimes assumptions happen within the <laughs> within the female community too. Like, oh, you know, I feel that way about a lot of men, right? Or I feel, I guess I'll I'll give the example of myself where I discredited myself from being a good artist or like as good an artist as some of the dudes out there who have been gigging in the traditional sense for the last 10 years or five years. And I've had that thrown at me before too. Well, you just came out of nowhere, you know, whatever. There's like a suggestion underneath that sometimes too that I don't love, Um, but you know, there's- You pay your dues. Well exactly.
0: Pay hey your do and, that wonderful old phrase. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah but, <laughs> how come how I come think you there's only come? one way to do it?
1: Well, right. And if we didn't do it the same, then our efforts are not, you know, equal. Yeah. But also there are some things that cannot be manufactured. There, and there are, and that that's personality and charisma and flat out talent. And I hate to say that in a you know, I hate to at the risk of sounding obnoxious, there's just, there's truth to that too. Like it's all, it's not just your talent either. You can also be tremendously talented and be a butthole. Mm-hmm. And so if you're difficult, you might be wonderful um, musically, but if you are, you know,
0: difficult, difficult
1: <laughs> to work with or unpleasant, mm-hmm. Or um, not gracious to the sound dude or the staff or, you know, don't bother to have any kind of acknowledgement of the other folks who are helping you and giving you space to play or whatever, or you're uh, dismissive of the other artists who are on the bill that night and you don't care to, you know, there's it's much more than just one thing, you know? So it's easy to reduce it down like, well, she's some cute girl, so she's... Uh... Okay, sure. Maybe my songs are better than yours, Jake, you know?
2: From
0: State Farm? <laughs> was it Jake from State Farm? <laughs>
2: I, I knew there was something off about him. I... <laughs> those khakis were evil. Those khakis are evil. <laughs> he just seemed way too nice <laughs> on those commercials. He smiled too much. I yeah. knew it. Oh, really vind- I, I totally
0: feel you though, because I mean that's why I, this has been a theme. If you look, if you listen to episode one, I think I mentioned it, but definitely every every time since then, it's don't piss off people. And I will use more overt yeah. language because I, that's yeah. just I'm a co-host of the show. I can do what I want. I can do what I want. Quotation marks, <laughs> but but it's but I mean really that is what it is, and I, I had, hell, I was very lightly associated with certain things, and I was very heavily associated with certain things when I was very active in the dating scene, and let me tell you, the thing I said earlier about the whole, it comes back to smack you in the butt, don't, okay, don't be sexist, don't be racist, don't yeah. be a dick, and let me yeah, tell you, yeah. uh, that whole X-Factor thing, this yeah. on the screen, This is that whole X-Factor, I hate to say it, I don't care, I'll express it the same way I express to people who say, I should deserve a higher grade, and I mean, it's the nicest way possible. Just because you try to lift 400 pounds for 10 years, yeah, doesn't mean you lifted 400 pounds. It just means that you put effort in to lift 400 pounds and never hit it. Music is the same way. Yeah. You, can, you, you can be a workhorse as much as you want. You can be a, you can be in a back room doing some great music, but in, unless you're capable of hitting the talent level, you're you're just not you're just not going to get there. And the and yeah, I, I just, I'm very much vibing with a lot of things you're saying. I'm like, yes, she is absolutely correct in this. Thank you for coming on the show. And that's, <laughs> and that's it.
1: <laughs> but I mean, and that's, that's not to say that there isn't space for artists to grow. I know yeah. I've, I've grown exponentially between the time that I was so nervous. The first thing I did, like playing out live was a, a Sunday session at the Slovak Club. Which is like your grandpa's. I know that club. That's that's a
0: really cool club. But yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, and it just happened, you know, to be that that day, some of my very favorite songwriter friends were in the room. You know, Todd Widener and John DeBuck and David and Harold and Billy Swain and um, the Spoggy Brother. All these, you know, and I'm thinking about it. Like, have I even said a girl's name yet? I don't think so. So back to your point. Right. But I was terrified. Cause I, I'd heard some of their work and I'd heard Patrick talk about them. And then I had to stand up there and play in front of them. And I was like, Oh, I've chomped so many Imodium before I got here just to make sure I can make it through this. Um, <laughs> and it was fine. Like, but I was like, by the way, why are those things like so hard to open? I don't know. Um, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to get scissors. Sure. Like this is not a scissors. Like, I don't want to have to get a tool. Uh, This is urgent. Anyway, I really should write them a letter because that's how my nerves used to get me really bad. But I, I, I played and it made a lot of introductions. And now I'm trying to remember why I mentioned the slow walk in the first place and totally distracted myself Uh, in
2: front of those other songwriters. Primarily male. Like you felt a little intimidated.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. And, largely for that reason of like, well, here are guys that have been doing it for years and years and they've been doing it in the traditional sense of like going out busking on the street or doing lousy gigs where people aren't listening and, you know, and probably doing little tours and sleeping on floors and eating cheese sandwiches and all this other stuff and living in vans. I don't know why I had that in my mind, but that's like, you know, stereotypical guys, <laughs>
0: steam things. Yeah. Sorry, I get yeah. You. <laughs>
1: <laughs> these guys cut their teeth like the real rock and roll way, you know, and then I'm like church girl, just rolling up and playing my dumb little songs and um, being so terrified to get on that stage and then now, I mean, I still get nervous. I do. I get nervous before every performance. I, I, I you know, because I, I care, I want to present the songs the best way that I can. I'm particularly nervous right now because I purposely took some time off and I really needed to do that um, to kind of recalibrate my life a little bit and prepare. Now I'm kind of coming into this preparation season. I got to get, knock the rust off, get myself um, stabilized and ready to play. Um, so I'm still nervous because I care, but I'm not terrified in this, in the same way that I was like, Oh, I'm putting this in front of people and it's going to be judged for the first time. And it's probably going to suck. And so I can, the reason I bring that up is, and I've heard that from some of my peers, even like, um, I think actually DeBuck said that to me recently, he's like, there's been a big, I mean, I can see a huge amount of growth between, you know, first seeing you play and seeing you play now and what you're willing to do and what, and how you've grown as far as, as a player and things like that. So it's not to say that, you know, to have to come out into the scene, you have to have some kind of, you know, totally polished product. Cause I do think, I don't know if it's, maybe it's, maybe it's all artists, but I can say that is a common fear among female artists is that they're not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Like my work's not ready. I'm not ready. I don't think I should eat. And it's, it's tough to work that stuff out. But if you do like a Thursday, if you do a little open mics and just start playing with it and getting used to presenting it, you'll eventually land on what you, how you want to sell the song. And it's just, there's room to grow here too. There is room to grow. If that weren't true, I'd be in big trouble.
2: (laughs) So we've,
1: had, we've
0: had that discussion once or twice. I mean, whether or not this should, this scene should go to the point where it turns into a Nashville for it turns into Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, everybody has their own opinion. Let's be very clear about that. But I, I, me, myself, this host on this particular uncool music show that we have, <laughs> I personally like it where it is. Not because I don't think we can grow because there's room for everybody here. Um, I mean, yes. just find some, usually a bar, but not necessarily. Find some bar on a Tuesday, develop your talent. I like that. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, if we got big, and I'm living and by the way, I live in Athens, Ohio right now. I because this, this is where I am. I actually live in the plains, the same place as where Joe Burrow is from.
2: Mm-hmm. And I can
0: tell you this: a lot of attention is coming to a region that's helpful and not helpful at the same time. I have a very similar feeling, yeah, to the Dayton scene. Is because yeah. you have your I mentioned Hawthorne Heights. I'm not talking badly about Hawthorne Heights, but they were sure. they did not represent the scene very well because right. that wasn't the scene when they became popular. Other right. people, very similar story. And so, yeah. and by the way, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, you're wrong. It's like, I, I could see where yeah. it would be good to have the bigger names go out there. At the same time, I don't want the scouts to come out here, is the best way Yeah, there. so. <laughs> there's,
1: there's a nice, uh, there's some part of that an- anonymity, if you will, that <clears throat> can be a, a good thing. I, you know, whether or not it gets recognized as that, I think the quality of the artists here are nonetheless...
0: On hard, super yeah. super hot. And I hear yeah. that from other scenes. They're like, uh yeah. You mentioned Austin, Texas specifically. Arts heard me say this more than once. Uh, I have relatives in Texas. I have relatives throughout the South. Is the statement of, of the year of that one? Uh, but they're from Austin, Texas, and I'm there for my cousin's wedding. And this in uh, San Antonio, in San Antonio, Texas is a uh, Air Force town. It's for the basic we're basic, a basic yeah boot game, mm-hmm. term. yeah and people are like oh you're from Dayton and it's like yeah I know the music scene there that's a, that's like a small Austin and I, I was like oh my goodness thank you because for those who don't know Austin refers to itself as the live music scene of the world right or, or something yep. like that right yeah. a live music capital of the world that's what they refer to themselves mm-hmm. as and I'm like well if you see us as a small Austin I kind of like the small all part Austin yeah. not the I I once ran to a guy who did CBGBs before CBGBs closed down. And he said he did a gig and his experience in that gig was you didn't have fans. You had record executives in that crappy bar that was known for being crappy on purpose, by the way,
2: that was really just
0: sitting there in a suit looking for the next big thing. That's what they did. And that just would ruin, in my opinion, the Dayton scene.
1: There is, there is sort of a, an absence of ego in the, in the gross way or like, or a cutthroat competition, maybe at least as far as the, the artists go. And I don't, you know, I don't know if the presence of those, like uh, the presence of a lot of suits would, would change that. I suppose it could. Um, But yeah, I think it's more about like, I would, I would love for Dayton to just always remain my, my HQ, you know, and whatever, because I'm interested in, writing for other artists as well. Um, I'm kind of, I'm really kind of open to doing anything with it. I I, I don't know. I, I don't, I w- wouldn't put a cap on it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I'd like just like to make a sustainable living just doing music related things only, you know, okay. <laughs> um, I don't need to, you know, where I don't have, I can literally work for myself that between, between um, studio sessions, like for, you know, background vocal work and whatever else. And, writing and selling songs, maybe. I don't know that I love that. I've looked into that and I'm not sure that's really something I want to do, but, um, through a combination of efforts that I'd be able to only, only be investing my time in music and be able to make a living out of it. And I don't, I don't need to tour 200 days of the year. That really doesn't actually appeal to me much, but you know what? I'll be gone. I'd I'd be happy to be gone for a few weeks at a time, a couple of times a year, you know, something like that. So I'm kind of whatever about it. I think, um, what I would love to see though, are more Dayton artists doing that, like doing the next step thing for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can say that like the lack of ego is a good thing. And then I think sometimes maybe we're a little afraid of success here. So, you know, I understand like wanting to maintain your artistic, um, what is the word i'm looking for sorry integrity,
0: integrity. there we go I what think. is it integrity i think right.
1: integrity yes <laughs> exactly right you're <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh you and you want to have control over what you look like and sound like and things like that i, I completely respect that which is why the idea of um you know being signed to a record label is not as glamorous as like it seemed like it was mm-hmm. you know but i think the greater beauty of what's here is like, we have a community of artists that if they're willing to be vulnerable in front of each other and collaborate a little bit, um, there's so much that's possible for us to create together that I think there would be other places that would be, it'd be hard for folks to ignore Dayton as, a, as at least a musical influencer, or like as an example of how artists can come together and, and do big things. Um, by combining their efforts. You know, I don't know if you watched Get Back,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I definitely, that's how I spent my COVID time.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really, I was trying to avoid talking about the Beatles. I've talked about it for the rest of the four episodes. Heck it's here now. Yes. Let's talk about that now.
1: <laughs> well, um, one of the most beautiful and compelling things that I, I've took away from that was the, and this is just like a personal growth, like artist thing, but watching Paul sit down and just without, I'm sorry to spoil it for anybody who hasn't spent the nine hours, but, Spoilers. You really should. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. but it's, you know, without being specific, it just, just watching him, there's a room full of people. There's, there's lighting guys and there's camera guys. And then there's the band, the bandmates, even just the bandmates. I adore my bandmates. They're the most wonderful people. I, I, I am super, super lucky (laughs) to have them, but I still am scared to pull out something that's unfinished in front of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for Paul to just like sit down and just start. "Mm mm -hmm, mm -hmm." He's just making, he doesn't know what the lyrics are going to be yet. I, that, That choked me up. I thought, "Wow, the kind of one." Well, it's not. Maybe he wasn't totally fearless in doing that, but there seemed to be a fearlessness about. I'm just going to sit down and work it out. I don't care who's around. I'm just going to do it. And then, um, for his bandmates and even the people around him to be entrusted to uh, with with hearing that happen, and then the privilege of watching it like that was that was huge. Um, you know, I know, I know that I have that kind of trust among my bandmates, but it would still be hard for me to open up. And so, but there's such a, like, it's, that's such a powerful thing. And you kind of have to get to that place where you're like, well, this is what I got here. And then that's where collaboration occurs. And you're the next person goes, oh, I hear this. And I hear this. And like, that's, I'm excited about the next phase of my development as an artist is going to include those other amazing artists around me who can contribute in the inception process earlier in the inception process than, than in the studio. And that, you know, I, I love working with Patrick though. And so I know as a producer, he's still, and my, and my bandmate, he's going to still do incredible things, but I've got, I've got killer bandmates. I don't know if you know them.
0: You know who my band is <laughs> they're
1: pretty incredible well you know it was there was this like we came up with this cheeky amber hargett and the who's who is what i called them um for my album release show and it was i really though thought i sincerely thought that these people are like yeah all right you're okay kid we'll do your show like you know and then that would be it because and also they're committed to a lot of other projects too it wasn't like and ones that they've been involved in for a long time so i didn't expect to get the commitment out of them as like doing it as a regular thing and um but they really are incredible i mean patrick has been playing music forever i bet he was like birthed with a guitar i'm sure that's true and like and brian hopefully plays drums for me and Chris Korn plays the fretless bass because he's that good.
2: That's very who? hard to do. That is very hard to do. As someone who yeah.
0: plays bass, it, it's it's a little intimidating once you remove those frets because you don't know where to reference your fingers. So yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> he's incredible. I mean, and then Eric Wright and Chris Blank. I mean, Chris is jack of all trades. She sings, she plays guitar. She's she's multi instrumentalist. <clears throat> Actually, most of them are. Um, you know. She sings background vocals with me and harmonizes with me. And Eric has all this other ancillary percussion. He's just incredible. Bongos, congas, you name it. Rain drums, ocean drums. I mean, like all this stuff, stuff I don't even know. They have a whole warehouse of percussive instruments that I've never seen in my life. You know, Brian Graney is incredible. He's got like, he's multi-instrumentalist as well and plays keys and plays a bow on the electric guitar, which is crazy. And like, there's no, but they also just have um, broad listenership of music. Like they are, they're broad listeners. So they don't, I mean, they have their preferential genres, all of them that they enjoy listening to, but they don't, they don't refuse listening to anything. And so they have these unique reference points and ideas of sonically that I would never come up with, you know, and they've taught me to expand my, my ears is how I like to put it Um, and gain an appreciation for other types of music. And I'm even messing around, we're messing around a little bit with some like electronic elements to my music. Even I did a, we did a, uh, (laughs) and Rich Reuter, I've also had in the band too. I should mention Mm -hmm. he, he's kind of like a, he's an incredible guitarist and he can play bass too i mean they're just like ridiculous i feel like one trick pony in there I'm like i'll sing and play my little acoustic guitar You guys make me look cool awesome you know <laughs> and they do <laughs>
2: uh. <laughs> it speaks to what you're talking about earlier amber you've got all these varied richly talented musicians yeah from from this one place, right, the the big small town of Dayton, who come together in in this particular project mm-hmm. and represent all these different interests.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they, I don't know, like we we put together that little that we put together that James Bond show. Um, or you came out for that, didn't you? I, think? I did, I did. Um, and that was like, you know, Granny put together all the tracks top to bottom and then we played live and sang live against them but i mean that was retooling my songs from paper trail but with like electronic beats and then we did um we did the bond theme songs different different theme songs from the movies and just as a four piece did that i mean they're just capable of so much and then that's what really gets my gears going and like i keep thinking about the next thing like i haven't even released coal mine (laughs) yet but because it's going to be um, like it will sound not terribly far off from from Paper Trail, I think it will be you know comfortable for my current listeners. And but we are introducing some some elements and instruments that are a bit different um, and further out than I've used before. But overall, it's not a huge enormous sonic departure from from Paper Trail, which is good. But after that, all bets are off. <laughs> and what you're I, saying
0: is, you're not going to pull Metallica when they went from Master of Puppets to whatever that next album was. You're not going to pull that. But <laughs> you are going to... I mean, yeah. just, just as a reference point, I mean, Beastie Boys never made two of the same album. They just didn't. There's always a different album every time. Paul's Boutique was the one I was referring to a couple episodes back. I yeah. Uh, but, and that one became... It, 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 was, it, it was not well-received in its time, but now it is a cornerstone oh yeah because it is i can like, picture okay. the album
1: cover of course oh, yeah, it's, it's
0: because it looks like paul's boutique yeah. right but i mean it was it's the one where, where sampling became a conversation and so yeah. like if you have and this refers to you not just the rest of the band it refers to you as well if you <laughs> have that ability to get deep and you can go experimental and make it yeah. work I, yeah. I i implore you to do that because you have yeah. the talent is the best way to express that so well,
1: I, I appreciate that yeah my my brother one of my brothers actually came uh, to that show and he he's heard it you know from from every step of the way in, in these songs how they've grown over time and he even said like a couple of them he's like man I've heard that song you solo you working it out you doing it with the band but he's like tonight this like having those beats and those extra elements like he's like that I feel like that's how the sh- the song should sound you know so we're kind of That's why I'm saying I've got a few things up my sleeve that I'm probably going to release. And I wrote a song for that particular event also that we purposely put the beats to And I really, I loved that. Like that, Brian's just kind of a genius and he'll sit there and find the sounds and he kind of knows what, what he's looking for, but it's also, it's very much collaboration, you know, like what feels right to me for the tone of the song too. And just, I don't know, everybody, everybody within my band, um, they respect me as a person, but as an artist too, like they're there to lend something to it of their own. And like, the more that we do that, the more that we play the songs live, like I said, the record is great and I love it. And, but being able to play more and more with this group of people and like allowing that chemistry to grow between us and, um, watching how that like, I love giving them freedom to do it. Yes. I wrote the song, but like the spirit that they bring into, into the, the whole environment and their natural musical instincts are so good that, you know, I always make the joke with them. Like, I'll never say no to you musically speaking, you know? So when it comes to that, to that, like Go for it, you know. Like, do a thing. If it's way too much, I'll say so. But like, I highly doubt it, just because they're so tasteful, you know. Brian Hoffel came in to 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 drum um, on this record, the new record, and there's one song in particular that he started drumming, and we were like, Patrick and I are in the control room, and he's like, Yeah, I think I know what I'm gonna do on this one. I kind of charted out. Okay, we hit record, and we're standing in there, and he's like, Pop, pop, boom, stop. And he started drumming and we were like, <laughs> Patrick and I looked at each other. We're like, did he forget what song we were doing? So we stopped it and he's like, oh yeah, I kind of messed up the beginning. Let's, let's do that again. Let's take another, do another take. Same thing. We hit record. He starts playing it the same way. And I'm like, is he playing it so fast? You know, like, okay. And and I was like, just, just let it go. Like, let, let it go. And he, you know, he transformed the feeling of the song it by the way that he structured the, the drumming. You know, it was amazing. Um, that thing you do. Oh, yes. Exactly right. Yeah. And he took what would have been, it, that song would have been far more sleepy um, to its detriment if he hadn't, if we hadn't just like let him do that take with his, his own instincts. Because it went from being like, something that could have sounded somber to like, it's kind of got a traveling Wilburys kind of vibe or like maybe a petty vibe, you know, and it's so much better. And it's so, it's so right to close. I think it was shine on was the song now that I'm, cause I, yeah, it just set a whole different mood to the song. It really more matches the message of it anyway, but those things just happen organically because the people that you have and hopefully they'll say this, like, ace is in the right places. You know, you've you you you've got the right people in the right seats, and there's something really magical about it. So I'm just super – I can't talk a lot about my bandmates because I get all
0: emotional about it. But you're, you're probably inflating their egos to the point where if they – don't let them listen to this. Just be very clear about that. Oh, they no, it's fine.
1: <laughs> it's nothing new. They're, they're used to it. I really can't – I don't think I could ever um, overstate what they mean to me. Um, personally and and
2: musically, I mean, just uh, I love them
1: very, very much. So well,
2: Amber, uh, I've I've got I've got to put a stop to this train. Okay. I had a thought a
0: few times, Arb. I'm like, no, this is a good train. Well, this is like, that's just it. Uh, no,
2: don't, <laughs> no, be don't be it's shocked. Don't be shocked if this becomes a two part episode. Oh gosh, Honestly, no! Don't waste do that, that much time on me.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: no, no, yeah, uh, you are you are terrific. You are thoughtful. You are eloquent. I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on here. Um, Amber Hargett's Paper Trail is available anywhere you get your music. Um, her new album Coal Mine Canary comes out in September. Um, she's available through most social media. I know there's a terrific Facebook group. Yep. Devoted um, to your music. Is there anything else we should mention?
1: Oh, let's see. I think I'm finally coming out of hibernation here soon. So <laughs> I'll be, I'll be doing a, a, set with the band, um, at Turgeon city music in March. I believe that is March 5th or 11th. I think it's the 11th. Oh gosh. This I should know this. Anyway, I've got a couple things coming up in March. Um, that you can find me for, um, some live performances and I'll probably start doing Thursday night showcases again here soon and testing out some, uh, new material even beyond coal mine. But yeah, um, I'm getting back out there here soon. You just stay tuned. If you go to, um, Amber Hargit music on Facebook, um, that's the best way to keep up with what I'm doing. And I will be making an announcement here shortly and starting to get excited about things that are going to drop in anticipation of, uh, of coal mine canary. So be on the lookout. <laughs>
0: well, you kind of heard here first, everybody. Uh, at least the thing, we got to get this episode out quick, Art, because you know, it, 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 March is coming up soon.
2: So <laughs> 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 it's true. It's true. <laughs> well, so. well, thank you, Amber. Thank you so much for, for being generous and thoughtful with your time. We appreciate it so much. Oh, well, it
1: was a pleasure. And thank you for, bringing attention to local music. It's such a, a nice thing. It's wonderful to be asked. So thank you for that. And for just, um, your enthusiasm, you know, Andy, I know, <laughs> I know art Art totally undersold the fact that he's a big, you know, fan of the local music scene earlier. I mean, that was such an understatement. Like I kind of, am kind of biased and support. Yeah. Come on. Art's at, like every show and, Okay, so, um, because,
0: of course, so was, Yeah,
1: sorry. Good. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Well, you know, and just UDR and, and everything else. And, um, just thank you both for creating a space where artists can talk about not just the music, but, you know, the other facets of being part of the community and all of that good stuff too, and being supportive, um, of female artists as well. Cause that, uh, that community is growing and it's going to thrive. I think we're going to see that Blow up in the next couple years here, especially. So, very grateful. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> well, we, we, I appreciate it. Just wanted to throw my own two cents on that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's. it's I, we, I just want to say the last thing before we do our closure. I, before Art and I decided to actually do this show together, we spent about six years kind of poking at the idea of doing a podcast. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, I, w- I would just join the scene back every once in a while because I just like going to shows. And, yeah, Art was at a lot of shows where I'm yeah. like, that's Art. It's been a while since I've seen this guy. Uh, and he he was in the back of a room usually because I think he tries to be humble. It looks, looks like kind of a good record exactly in my mind. But, yeah, I would see him frequently out and about before we decided to do the show. So hmm. I'm not saying he's a creeper. I'm just saying that he is. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying he's, he's a big support yeah. <laughs> of the local scene. It's one of the things I respect. I, I tend to poke at him because that's just the love that we have for each other. I also respect him very highly as a person who yeah. respects the scene. And yeah. I want to thank you very much for coming out because. When he says she's she's great, I was like, I didn't disagree about it. Listen, I was like she's really great. I'm really happy to have met you in a slightly oh, awkward yeah. way. We're recorded the whole time. <laughs> so so cool. I, mean, I fully agree. I, I I really appreciate the work that you're doing based upon this whole conversation. So oh
1: well, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh you guys both. It was nice meeting you. I'm sure we'll meet in person soon. <laughs>
0: yes, sooner <laughs> later. <laughs> so yeah. Well, thank you. All right, everybody. So <laughs> Thank you for listening to what may be part one and part two by the time you all hear this <laughs> of, our, of our interview. I am going to thank our our Amber so much for coming in. We said it before, but I'm gonna say it again. It is like bringing blood from a stone with some artists. She gave us so much and it was not worth cutting it off for that good information. But we still have to finish off the way that we do things here. So let's go ahead and get to recommendations for the people. And so, hey Art, you talked about already. Who do you wanna
2: put as a recommendation? shocker andy Mm -hmm. i would like to recommend amber hargett's excellent album paper trail Mm -hmm. other side is an amazing alt country slash rock song you've got carolina blue that she talked about you've got broke i could go on and on it's available anywhere that you stream or Mm -hmm. purchase music i of course would recommend that you purchase the music, support the artist. That's my recommendation for this episode. Andy?
0: Cool, so I do wanna mention that Painting Pictures was a single that she came out with after uh, Paper Trail and is found on Spotify where you may be listening to us right now, Um, which is a whole conversation for a different time. But my recommendation for today, um, Paul's Boutique from the Beastie Boys, uh, it came out during the conversation, but I I just wanna mention that as another album because a lot of what we were talking about was the willingness to experiment with your music to the point where it builds. And for those who were paying attention, Beastie Boys never had the same album twice. They just did not do it that way. Sometimes they're pushed that way and then they're just pushed back for seven years at a time sometimes. A joke that's on Futurama as a side note. But if you want something that's kind of has that vibe of let's poke at things and let's see what we can make work, Pose Boutique by the Beastie Boys does that. In fact, legal things came out of that album because they didn't know how to handle it because it was revolutionary, much like our, uh, our wonderful artist who is female that came in today. Just very different style, very different way of doing things. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, thank you all so much for joining us and listening. If you'd like to reach out to Andy and Art, you can reach us at uncoolmusicconvo38 at gmail.com. Or on Instagram, Uncool Music Convo, or Twitter, Uncool Music Con One. We, of course, have a link tree tied to Uncool Music Conversations. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone when you're uncool. We'll see you all next time, everybody. See Bye-bye. you next time,
0: everybody. <laughs>